Hey, Esther. Yes, Holly. Do you want to talk about another book? Yes, of course. With me? Yeah. Should we? Should we do this? Should we do another book club book? <laughs> I hope so. I came here prepared, so. <laughs> <laughs> I read a book, and it's the middle of the day on a Friday, so exactly. <laughs> what else are we doing here? <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm really excited about this one because it's a fellow podcaster's book. It is. So exciting. So we are talking about... Green Witchcraft, A Practical Guide to Discovering the Magic of Plants, Herbs, Crystals, and Beyond by Paige Vanderbeck, who is also known as the Fat Feminist Witch. She hosts the Fat Feminist Witch podcast. Uh, I happen to know some other Fat Feminist Witches, namely yours truly. (laughs) (laughs) But we, it was published by Callisto Media, which is a subsidiary of Rock Pool. Rock Ridge Press. Published by Rock Ridge Press. God damn it. (laughs) Copyright by Callisto Media. So, Robert's okay, Press. You know what? Leave all this in. Esther, will you read exactly what the copyrighted okay. information is? Copyright <laughs> line is Green Witchcraft, a practical guide to discovering the magic of plants, herbs, crystals, and beyond by Paige Vanderbeck. Published by Rockridge Press. Copyright 2020 by Callisto Media. All rights reserved. Oh. And you can directly purchase it via a link that we're going to provide in our show notes. Yes, exactly. This is not coming out until the end of the month, and we sound like total professionals. <laughs> Look at us freaking go. Aren't they glad they sent us an advanced copy of it, as I'm just like, what is... We're just, what the thing words? is, we're just so excited about this book that it's just going to become... We're just be a clusterfuck today. That's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So... Because it's not out yet, I think we're probably just going to mostly focus on organizational structure and stuff that we personally really liked about it. Yes. Um, Because, I mean, it's impossible to spoil a reference guide, but (laughs) 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 I just think that there's probably a lot of information that you might want to, like, look at rather than hear from us. Yes, 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 definitely. Because that's the thing about reference guides. So should we quickly define so we haven't really talked recently about our witchiness yes. on our tarot podcast so i feel like starting this with kind of a tiny bit of our journey <laughs> or at least like the sorts of identifiers we use to talk about our own witchiness might be helpful yeah. before we go into talking about this yeah i think just at least giving our perspective walking into this book would be helpful yes that's a great idea you can go first. Oh, me go my first. My beautiful friend. Okay. Um, I am somewhat of a like quasi kitchen witch. Like this morning, mm-hmm. I was doing lots of baking, even though it's my vacation. So much baking. So much baking. Um, so that's kind of like how I show my love to others is through what I do in the kitchen, what I do in the home. Um, even though I don't have any children, have no plans to have children. I have lots of <laughs> animals, so they are in my practice as well. So many. So many. Exactly. Like fur babies and things. There's like I think that it's important to note that there's like an element of empressness that comes with kitchen witchery yes that is helpful to remind yourself when you're thinking about that archetype in general because there's so much thing so much things (laughs) so many things that you can kind of be nurturing and mothering towards without having children exactly exactly (laughs) but i also think it's important to note that neither of us are wiccans and Paige is not coming from a wiccan perspective which i always really appreciate in a witchy book same I do too. Because sometimes Wicca is a actual religion that was founded in the 1950s. uh, And it's sort of like the most well-known witchy thing because it's organized in some ways. Um, But it has specific creeds and things associated with it. And not everybody wants to fall into that same category. So whenever I can find a really cool 
especially about green witchery, I feel like, because that's kind mm-hmm. of the language that Wicca uses sometimes. Yes. Books that are called things like this tend to focus a little bit more on the whole lord and lady, like right. duality, god and goddess thing um, in ways that not all of us practice. Exactly. So if you're not, since you're not a Wiccan, what sort of practicing witchy stuff do you do? I also tend to focus my practice on my kitchen. I have a candle lit there all the time. Anything that I'm like lighting on fire in my <laughs> kitchen, I always light from the stove as kind of like yeah. a symbolic hearth place. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my practice involves just trying to make other people feel comfortable and happy and myself as well. But yeah. Like peacefulness and like kind of uh, consistency and healthiness and lovingness are like sort of the core tenets of my practice. And they manifest usually through candles, mm-hmm. uh, herbal teas that I've whipped up, uh, different smoke cleansing things. I have a cabinet filled with herbs. Yeah. I like to make salves and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you truly are like a very green witch. My practice, I kill plants most of the time, so I just can't keep them around for numerous reasons. So yeah, I think it's really great fair. that this green witchcraft book is something that like specifically for you is very impactful, I think. But I think it's interesting because you say that about yourself, but you are somebody who feels environmental trauma more than anyone else I know, which yeah, that's is a very, very green witchy sort of thing. <laughs> like to feel literal pain because of the pain that the plant, I mean, I don't even want to talk about oh, no. it too much. Oh no, no, it's, a, it's okay. I'm okay right now. <laughs> I don't want to spiral you. <laughs> no. Just as long as I don't think specifics, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. So I won't bring up any specifics, but I think that that's like a very green witch thing. And so I do think that this book is designed for people who feel these things really like deeply yeah. who have not yet started their path sort of in the witchy arena. Yes. Because this is this book is really, I think, perfectly laid out for somebody who has like very little background yes. and who might even still be a little bit scared of labeling themselves a witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has a lot of very very good introductory information and almost like a pep talk sort of tone, if yes. you ask me. Yeah, like this is what witchery is, and this is what you can do, and this is how you can utilize it. And I thought it was really effective. Like, this is something that I would give to somebody who said, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I think that, like, I might want to be a, or I might be a witch. Yeah, like a witch curious person. witchery. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not intimidating. It's really cool. And Paige is, like, a really interesting writer. And so her voice is lighthearted mm-hmm. and approachable, yeah. which I appreciate. Yes. But it really is going in assuming that you know very little about this. Yes. I think that that needs to be said just right off the bat, which is great. There's a spot for that in the marketplace. Oh, definitely. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. So shall we walk through kind of what the structure is a little bit? Yeah. I think the structure is very clear, like multiple times. Yes. Like on a intro page, it's very clear. Exactly. In the index, it's very clear. And then a formatted in the chapter, it's very clear. So I think yes, exactly. you're not going to get confused at all at any point in this book of where you're at. No. You always know exactly where you are. So the first part is understanding green witchcraft. And I actually really, really appreciated that this part had some like FAQs, kind of like sort of the tradition of green witchcraft, including addressing the Wicca stuff, Mm -hmm. but then also sort of questions that you might be asking yourself if this is something totally new to you. Like, I believe in science and Western medicine, so I can't be a witch. And it's kind of like 
that's fine. And that reminds me of this really awesome Instagram follow. Her name is The Veil Witch. Mm-hmm. I think you follow her too. I think she's like a literal science lab researcher slash druidic witch. Ooh. And she often posts about the overlap between like science and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And it, she's really awesome. So give her a follow. Yes. But I do think it's helpful to start with that stuff. And also that lends into what we were talking about, about this being for somebody who's really just dipping their toes in the water. Yes. Um, and we understand that we're a tarot podcast. So a lot of tarot readers don't consider themselves witches at all. So this could be something that's like really perfect for you. If you just only have ever delved into tarot, but mm-hmm. never into any other components. Yeah, because it introduces the vocabulary of witchiness very simply, very directly and straightforward. Like on page seven, one of the um things that I really liked, it's it kind of explains magic as the magic is art of creating change in ourselves and in our lives through acts of intention yeah. and spiritual connection with all things natural and supernatural. It's one of the most direct ways to explain magic without yeah. it becoming too woo-woo and without it becoming yeah. too intimidating. Well, and also the emphasis that, and this is a quote, it's not meant to trick anyone, but rather to provide another way of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was really helpful too. Mm. And that kind of leads to the part that I found the most effective of this. It might've been in chapter two in the harnessing the powers of the green witch section where she sort of delineates what the center of your path is Mm -hmm. and organizes it into several different, I guess, what is it? Seven different like pathways for witches that kind of might identify this way. And there's a lot of, there's like an infinite amount of ways to be a witch. Yes. And so I think that that is helpful to remind yourself as we're talking about this, but I like the idea that it can really be boiled down. Almost all types of witchcraft can be boiled down to seven ideas of what we're after. Yeah. And the ideas are abundance, happiness, harmony, health, love, protection, and wisdom. And I thought that that was a really helpful way of sort of like, like, you know, when, like, so when I was doing the finding your personal values spread, when I created that spread, I was trying to create my own personal values. And I was doing like a word cloud to come up with what my personal values were. I feel like this is the result of that because it's really easy. If I want to use my magic to create a peaceful home, then harmony obviously is a synonym of peacefulness. And that helps me kind of narrow down what I could be looking for mm-hmm. yeah. within sort of the, that framework, yes. which I really liked. I like that too. Yeah, because my in my home, it's more of protection. Like that's where I go to immediately is like protection, if not even like preventative protection or like ongoing protection. So I think that's, that's really nice to kind of, once you step in, you're like, okay, so what's my purpose for my craft right yeah, now? What are my goals? What are my goals? And how can that shift in that? And that will shift in your practice as you continue along your journey. But just kind of yeah. this helps like focus that intention within your practice to begin with. Yeah, I really liked that. Then she goes through all sorts of different tools and also a very concise way of like, here are the things you need. Because I think that a lot of the times people sort of fall into traps of wanting to like emulate others that they see Mm -hmm. as sort of mentors almost. Yes. And then they have all of this stuff that doesn't really suit their practice. Exactly. Yeah. And the the last item that she includes is just your actual hands, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a really beautiful sort of message of like, the most important thing, the most important tool you can have as somebody who's a green witch is just your ability to 
sink your hands into some soil or sink your hands into some dough or whatever and use your own power. I liked that it kind of culminated in that. Yes. Because I think for brand new witches, it's like, it's easy to say, well, if I don't have a anthem and a wand, then I can't do anything, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Did I, is that what it's called? An anthem? Yeah. The knife? The knife. Yeah. (laughs) Atome? I don't know. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who knows? We're not Wiccans. But that was like a lot of the beginner witch books that are on the market come from a Wiccan perspective where you need all of yeah. you need like a pentacle on your th- you need like the star. You need yeah. like the wand. You need the knife. You need the cup. But the I never. Candles, right. The, and um, I never identified with that in my own practice because it not only is it hard to d- get those types of tools here, but it's just I would I always just use my hands. And so it was really, really well, nice. And you have limited space. Yeah. And I feel like a lot and you had way more limited space yes, before this before apartment. you moved. Yeah. So you if somebody said the only way you can do this is if you have these 12 items in front of you, you would never have done anything. Yeah. It would it would be like just spaciously not possible yeah think about like all like doongi just being like hey what's that and, and he has like a, he's running around over. the house with a knife in his mouth you know <laughs> yeah, like- exactly exactly <laughs> that has happened to me because when nathan's out of town i used to sleep with a sheathed kitchen knife oh under yes the pillow. <laughs> and one time he got home and i forgot it was there and Mac popped up out of my bed with the knife handle in her mouth. And Nathan was like, I'm sorry, what is happening here? <laughs> That's I was so like, cute. Never mind. It's fine. Ignore it. Yeah, it's nothing. I promise it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, then she kind of goes into season solstices and equinoxes and talks about like very briefly how the wheel of the year works without like delving too much into the Wiccan connotations, just kind of like the general ones. Mm, Right. Um, She talks about the sun, the moon and the stars, the importance of being in the wilderness. There's a tiny bit of a touch on astrology, but not too much. No. The Celtic tree Zodiac. Had you heard anything about that? Yes, I did. I've heard. I knew that it existed, but I had never looked mine up. Well, what what is yours? Mine is Hawthorne, which symbolizes fertility, creativity, new life, and love. And mine is Holly. Oh! <laughs> oh, yeah, it is! It is. And that's protection, <laughs> patience, and endurance, which I thought would match up really well with, like, protection, patience, endurance, so. Yeah, that's perfect for you. Oh. And I really like, yeah. Yeah, I really Hawthorne prefer- was really It's cool. interesting the, that the Hawthorne meanings would align so closely with how people see Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that a lot. So that was kind of cool to look about that, too. There isn't a lot of, like, in-depth information about what you're supposed to do with that information. But I still really like the idea of just kind of having these resources. Uh, yeah, I think it, this book, what it does really well is that it's a great resource for introductory information. So yeah. you'll hear these things in conversations or reading blog posts or things like that. So this is just kind of giving you that little, like, bloop, you know, here's, you've heard this once before. And yeah. you don't have to be intimidated by this language as you walk forward. Or you've seen a post about this on Instagram or on Pinterest, and here it is in book form, so you can access it more easily later. Yes, very true, yeah. That's kind of, it feels like sort of like a witch tips kind of thing, but in book form, Mm -hmm. so that you can always refer back to it very quickly and easily. Yeah. There's also tips about centering yourself, etc. Okay, but when people say like, okay, we're going to do meditation in book form, I have to, and you see, they're like, close your eyes, but then you have to open your eyes to read. And I don't understand that that happens all the time and i'm like what i usually do (laughs) okay this is not even an exaggeration okay is i voice memo myself reading it aloud okay 
and then close my eyes and play it back with my eyes closed. Like, I wish they would just put, like, a QR code there. You could, like, blip. Oh, that's a good idea. And then, like, when we write a book. Yeah, when we write a book, <laughs> we'll do it that way. But it, it, this is not the only book that this has happened in by any means. But this no, is, like, it happens it, in books all the lot. time. And so yeah. I'm just like, just have the author record this meditation and then just do a QR code and upload it somewhere for the audio. I think that the more that people get comfortable with sort of like digital, digital, digital <laughs> guidebooks, the more that'll happen. Because yeah. if you remember correctly, originally the Muse Tarot online guidebook had meditative music yes. and poetry and all of the stuff that was recorded. And it was gorgeous, but mm-hmm. people still wanted the paper version. Yes. Well, and people still didn't realize that the online book was like it, the book was an online form. Like they're like, oh, yeah. oh, really? So, yeah, it's true. So that's an interesting thing. But I do. I yeah, I have been such a nerd that I will just voice okay. memo, my own voice leading me through a meditation. <laughs> and, and I've been like, OK, close your eyes and center yourself. You see a tree. OK, like I'm like peeking open to what, like, to what I'm supposed to do next. And at this tree, there's a door. Like if the world knows you're peeking. (laughs) Guided meditations. I like the ones that are about like thinking about your internal body. I really love the idea of the ones that take you on like a journey, but I I don't have a lot of success with them. I fall asleep, so that's my problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. Anyway. So then the second part moves into practicing witchcraft. And I really liked this section because she obviously, this is not like a huge tome. This is a really, really, I think it's like less than 200 pages, but she still gets a chance to include like some reference material about different. So let's just go, I guess, in order. It starts with flowers. Mm-hmm. And she touches on sort of probably the most commonly used flowers or the most easily accessible flowers, right. I guess. And kind of how they're used, the botanical name, what element they represent, some astrological associations, chakra stuff, energies, and magical uses. And kind of goes through like rose, jasmine, lavender, etc. Yes. Just for, what is it, like 10 pages maybe? Yeah, and then that's followed by a section of using flowers in magic and there's some rituals and some recipes and stuff which I really like because I think that that is it would be super helpful if you were not as familiar to sort of see these really simplified magical you like practices yes that don't seem intimidating and also none of them are like super intense like one of them is a dream pillow filled Mm -hmm. with herbs or a ritual for self-love or you know it's just like not anything that's going to cause damage. <laughs> but it's not like she's also saying that you have to cast a circle first, that you have to cleanse yourself yeah, first. Cleanse exactly. It's just a very direct, like, she allows you the space to make your practice what you want from it. So if you're a person who's like, oh, I've heard of this call of the quarters thing, let me do that. Or if I've heard of this, like, you know, lighting candles and cleansing my space or sound cleansing. Let me do that first before I start this. She doesn't give you like directions like, okay, first, if you don't cleanse the space first, this is not going to work. It's not, there's no fear mongering in this at all. I think I've called the corners once. Yeah. Twice. I think maybe in my whole, (laughs) that was like over a year ago, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Because when you're still new, you're just trying, you're reading books. Yeah. Like crazy. Just as anything you get your hands on, you're reading. And a lot of people say that you have to. And so then you get it in your head that it'll be more meaningful if you do. Mm-hmm. And then you do that. And then you're like, eventually get to a point where you're like, well, I don't know if that did anything for me. Right. Exactly. It's all for whatever you want and what makes you feel good. So exactly. it's however you can harness your own energy, which I think is kind of like the cool moral of 
this, this being book, so simplified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like more about the person rather than the tools or techniques, yes. which I think is really important. Then she goes into plants and kind of the same structure, mm-hmm. botanical name, element, astrological associations, chakra stuff, energy stuff, and magical usage. She includes coffee, which I always yes. appreciate. Coffee was fun. Um, Cause coffee is a really good, like first daily use of magic sort yeah. of thing. Well, and I like using coffee to enhance my spells, like because coffee gives you energy, br- brings you that like things really quick. So it kind of makes like, yeah. brings that sort of like perspective to your practice. So totally, it's a really great totally. one. It's very accessible. I love it. Uh, and then for the section about like using this for magic, she does talk about sacred smoke cleansing wands. Mm-hmm. Um, and clarifies that like smudging is a specific practice used by some Native American tribes and that it isn't just the general idea of smoke cleansing, yes. which I appreciate it. Yes, very much so. Because that's something that we all, when people ask us like, what's a good witchcraft book? That is something that we think Run about, into about before we, suggesting yeah. things. I don't think there's really been a good introductory book that doesn't use like the smudging. word smudging at all. There yeah. was one, but then it, it, that, but then it fucked up with a different word and the g word and i was like come on like just get (laughs) something where you're so close but yes like so this is like a really really nice book to actually like introduce that concept because it's something that we've really tried hard to help our listeners with in in ourselves like not using the word smudging because smudging is a sacred practice for for... one it's just not accurate for what most of us are doing exactly so yeah, I th- I thought I appreciated that she emph- or that she like did mention that she used her precious word space to make a point to say that, and I thought that was great. Exactly. Um. Then it goes on to her- uh, herbs. I <laughs> am not British. I don't know why I herbs. said herb. Herb. And then it goes on to herbs and other sorts of greens. And that was something that I'd never thought about. I mean, I know I'm not much of like a food gardener, uh-huh. but the difference between plants and herbs and greens is that plants have woody stems. Okay. And herbs and greens do not have woody stems. What about rosemary? Rosemary kind of has so a woody So rosemary stem. would be a plant. Okay. I think it even was in the... Actually, that's a good question. Are you going to find a flaw? <laughs> oh, the other thing that I liked about that section is that I had literally no idea that Eye of Newt was actually, actually a thing to a mustard seed. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me? I had no idea. I always forget that motherwort and mugwort are completely different plants. <laughs> 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 like you have the motherwort oh, and then the baby mugwort. Rose- Okay, you're freaking right. It does say rosemary in the herbs and greens, so maybe that's a slight oversimplification on my part. Another I don't. I was just asking it. in general. Just be, the rosemary is the only one that I like. One of the herbs. Yeah, I know, rosemary so. can get very woody. Yeah, but so can cilantro if you let it go to seed. Uh, okay. Have okay. you ever seen that? Have you ever no. grown cilantro? No, no. So it starts like in cilantro you'd buy in the store. Like that's the freshest baby cilantro. Mm. If you leave it, if you don't harvest it and you leave it growing, it eventually becomes like a really sturdy plant. Oh. It's weird. And gr- it doesn't taste the same. Oh, that's sad. I'm sure there's a reason for it. <laughs> so uh, the herbs and greens continue sort of through that, which I liked. And then the wood section. And wood, I wood. liked this a lot because... I think that trees are oft overlooked. Oh, I in love this trees. Sort of thing. Trees are like I love trees. my thing. Like it started with Lord of the Rings with Tree Beard, and I just love trees. <sighs> I love Tree Beard. I do too. I love, and also I. So I come from an area with a lot of redwood trees, and so that has always been something. Like my parents used to literally take us on hikes 
every single weekend to a Redwood Grove, and then they'd make their three small children sit quietly amongst the Redwoods <laughs> at the like, middle of the hike because my parents love the Redwoods so much. So now what that did was make me freaking love the Redwoods. Yeah. <laughs> I have always, like, rivers, like, any sort of, like, rushing water, oceans, and trees are, like, the things that, like, I feel connected to the earth the most with. Like, yeah, I, just so many, like, beautiful big oak trees that you see in the south. Ugh. I'm just like, Ugh. And oak trees, I mean, my area has the oak trees, too, but they have such a, they're, like, live oaks instead of a white oak or whatever. And yeah. they have really different leaves and acorn shapes, and it's so cool. I just love oak trees so yeah. much. I just love trees. I love them. So I la- I appreciated having a lot like an equal amount of time spent on the woods. Yes, that made me happy. So so good. Um, and then instructions that you where you can utilize woods, including like a broom, making a wand or a, a broom, and yeah, and then another full moon meditation, which you can record on your phone and then play back. <laughs> And then stones and crystals, all with the same sort of idea. But you get what I'm saying. Like, right. you can understand kind of the structure is sort of very straightforwardly explaining the basics of green witchery and then having some really, like, concise explanations of different tools followed by reference material that's not, like, extensive. No. If you want an extensive dictionary, go somewhere else. But for a beginner, mm-hmm. this would be such an easy way to just get started and start thinking about the things that you see around you in terms of, like, their magical properties. Yes, yes. Like, it's, like, the last half of this book is, like, you're just a really great reference guide to, like, okay, well, I I have a piece of Labradorite. What do, how can I use Labradorite in my practice? What is it used for? And things like that. So how yeah. how can this enhance where I'm at? So Exactly. And then at the very end, there's a list of reference guides, which I love, because that is a good way to delve into something deeper, mm-hmm. is to look at someone's references. And also a glossary of terms, just with some, like, very, very basics, additionally, that is kind of, like, clarifying things that maybe people feel like are foregone conclusions, like, from our perspective, since we have been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. Just the idea of what folk magic means or what a hardiness zone is, which is, like, a gardening tool or what a charm bag is or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. And that's it. And then there's a index at the back. Yeah, I like that the index at the back. Some books forget to do this, but I appreciate this. <laughs> this is like our. <laughs> it's our like, like our one main pet peeve from books. this week is we need indexes. Indexes. We are old ladies <laughs> who care about things like this. Give me an index. I'm a librarian at heart. Like you just can't not provide me with an index. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So anyway, thank you to Rockridge Press for sending us these copies of this book. Yeah. And if you are somebody who's been listening to us talk about tarot and want to dip your feet into some magical stuff and don't know where to start, this is exactly the perfect place for it. It really is. It's really, really great jumping off point. Yeah. And also, I was telling Esther this just on our own, that this reminds me of like, One of my favorite magical resource books is called Mrs. B's Guide to Kitchen Witchcraft. Yes. Right? That's the actual title? I'm looking at it right now. Mrs. B's Household Witchery. witchery. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, I just just looked to my left and saw it too. So Mrs. B's Guide to Household Witchery is a really, really great intro too. It's a little bit more advanced than this. And also, 
the author, Chris Bradley, her whole persona in the early 2000s was the pagan soccer mom. Mm. And so this almost feels like the young hip sister of that. Like, there's not a lot of focus on motherhood or a focus on, like, kind of nuclear family. It's really more internal. Mm. And I appreciate that. So even though I freaking love Mrs. B and her book... I think that this is kind of like the young hip cousin or young hip sister. Like it's more closely related than a cousin. The young hip sister variation on a book that I really, really love. Yes, I agree. Awesome. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Good job. Good job, Paige. Yeah. (laughs) And that was our second book club book. I know. Well, good job, Holly. I get to see your face for another hour because we're recording a special Patreon episode for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day Patreon episode. (laughs) And it's going to be in video. Yes. All right. Well, that's it. We love you. We love you. Go forth and witch the hell out of your life. Yep. Do it. It feels great. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Love you. Bye.